Yo, I like that. Uh, that Transformers Devastation game was good. Was I it? Mean, yeah. No, it actually... I mean, it's got problems, but... Uh, you remember that's the one that's like... It's like a um, third-person action game. Yeah. Kind of like Devil May Cry with Transformers. Okay. Yeah, it was just basic and good. Hmm. Like, it, it used all the IP of the... Like, it, it used the intellectual property in the way that you exactly would want. Okay. It just brought some fun characters. You know, it, it got... It has good dialogue. Like, the voice acting is like... You know, it's dumb for kids' Transformers stuff, but it's got the legit voice actors. Like, it, it sounds like the Optimus Prime guy. Good enough, yeah. I don't know if it is, but it, it really, like, I, I would believe it. You know what hmm. I mean? Um, yeah, no, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they... Those voices sounded very, like, true to form. Like, hmm. Megatron sounded like Megatron. You know, Bumblebee sounded like Bumblebee. I Fucking feel... Starscream. You know, the annoying little bitch Starscream sounded exactly like Starscream. I feel like it was solid, these... man. I feel like they'd be too busy now because they were so successful. <laughs> what, the actors life. of Transformers? Yeah. Dude, they don't have anything, anything going on. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> billionaires. They're on yachts now. <laughs> I mean, listen. It was a, no, it was a really nice, like, uh, yeah, I was like, this is the perfect adaptation for, uh, the only problem is the, the fuck, it's, it's so frustrating that they ruined it with, they ruined it with a fucking Diablo loot system. Okay. That's what kills it. Because Diablo. Okay. You know how you just pick up like mm. you see tons of morning stars around, and you're yeah. just like constantly looking through stats to be like, is this one three points better in this than that? They flood you with like you get like thirty item drops a level, okay. and you're supposed to sift through all these and like equip them, and it's so fucking dumb. Yeah, and it's just like in a game that's so purely about action and story, like it just it completely gets in the way. Well. You know, uh, and the problem is, of course, if you don't interface with it, it's like you know. You know you're going to suffer, right? Because the game is expecting you to equip the highest level, blah blah blah, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. That was just the that was the only thing that killed it for me. Yeah, like I, I played through like three levels of it, you know, like hmm. a few months ago or something, and I was like, damn, this game is like fucking solid. How uh, much was it? I bought this a long time ago. Yeah, okay. I, I can't. It's a PS4 game. I want to say like pretty expensive, like fifty bucks. Okay, maybe like not f- quite full game, but like pretty expensive. Yeah. It's really polished. Like, it's very, very polished and, like, didn't have bugs and was super AAA looking, uh, to me at least. Um, and, yeah, no, like, a reasonable... It was a close to full price, but not quite. Um, I just, at the time, I was like, I have to own this completely legit throwback. Why not? Like, co- totally in the style of original Transformers. I mean, it, they just nailed everything. Like, it looks like you're playing the cartoon. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it was, like, amazing. But, uh, anyways... So yeah, Teague, uh, welcome back to uh, New Talk Radio. Thank you. Uh, welcome, listeners. Uh, this is episode... Nope, don't even know what it is. This 55? is episode 55? That's what I say. Freedom 55? Freedom 55. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any episode titles yet, but... Um, yeah, so how are you? Good enough, thanks. And yourself? Man, not too bad. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm glad to see that you're not, uh, you're not that sick. Recovered from your cold. Oh, uh, yeah. Me too. I was, when, you, when you called me, I, was, I had a bit of a throat scratchy thing going on, but I think I just smoked too many cigarettes, maybe. Yeah. No. Or, or I had a really low-level bug and it just passed in like a day or two. That's it. That's possible. Yeah, I know. I'm doing good. I don't really... You know, some days I really feel like talking about myself. I don't think I have anything to say really today. I mean... Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> things are just fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, work is fine. You know, life is fine. I guess I'm in, like, I'm in a bit of a rut. You know, like, I feel... Maybe it's, like, a bit of the uh, sort of early-onset winter blues. <laughs> really know. early, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is when it hits me usually is like when, because now, now it's like I'm realizing that, like, okay, 
I mean, the, you know, the sun goes down at like 6.15 these days instead of like 8 o'clock, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, taking my bike to Lakeshore is like, I'll probably do it one more time before I bring it to my parents' house to like stay for the winter, you know? Um, yeah. And once the bike retires, that's like the signal for me of like, that's the end times. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the end times are coming. Okay. The fucking horrible winter. I just, I really, winter's long for me. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I don't know how you feel, but I'm not. Not a fan. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> Wrong part of the country to eat on winter. <laughs> well, I mean, it just makes you appreciate summer all that more, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I'm good. I am, I would say, very excited for the landscape of gaming coming out in 2023. Yeah. Um, I mean, what gets, you know, what actually comes out versus what gets pushed, who knows? Yeah. But certainly in the first, like, quarter of 2023, so much fucking shit that was pushed out of 2022 is allegedly all coming at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, for me, you know, we'll talk about it later, but I'm most excited for... I mean, I basically... You know, there's a completely nonsensical uh, Dead Island 2 news article here that nobody's going to care about that I only threw on because I just want to talk about Dead Island 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a big, it's a big fat nothing burger in your words. Mm. Um, but, you know... Um, yeah, whatever. Well, let's just like bleep you know it right now. I mean, I'm on the topic. Yeah. Yeah, over on VG247, which is not a website I'm that familiar with, but there's an article by Dom Pepiat, Features Editor. Uh, they have an exclusive interview with developer Adam Duckett of uh, Dead Island 2. And, you know, I mean, there's not... I guess it's not just Adam Duckett. It's worth saying that also later on in the interview, um, uh, I want to say Alan... Is it Al, I want to say Alan Olson, but I'm going to get that wrong. No, Adam Olson. Uh, yeah, art director Adam Olson also chimes in with like some interesting, some interesting tidbits. Now, this is just, there's no news here. It's just a cool interview with the creators of Dead Island 2, uh, Dan Buster Studios currently. Um, and what I thought was interesting about this was, I mean, like we were saying about first quarter, this is my big game of, of 2023 at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's right up there with Sons of the Forest, which I can't recall. What, does it have a specific release date? I don't know. I feel after like the it delay? Delayed, and I just don't, I just don't know. Sons of the Forest release date. Oh shit! Yeah, it's also February twenty three. Yeah, it's twenty third February twenty twenty three. Okay. Um, and Dead Island two, man, Sons of the Forest two, man, that's that's I'm really excited. Dead Island two release date, February third, twenty twenty three. Well, I've at least got a twenty day window to enjoy Dead Island two before Sons of the Forest comes <laughs> out. <laughs> Fortunately, they're very different caliber of games, so that's good because I can. I feel like that's one of the few times where I sometimes can play some things at the same time. Is like yeah. if, if one thing's a big AAA game and one thing's sort of a small indie game. Yeah, you can switch between. Makes it easier to context switch, yeah. Um, yeah, Dead Island 2 and Sons of the Forest, two of the massive games I'm excited about in 2023. Um, and I mostly just thought reading the interview about Dead Island 2, I went back and I tried to play Dead Island 1, remember when I asked uh -huh. you? <laughs> I, wanted, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's rough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly just... It just feels a little old. Well, it is. You know? Like, it is. It is. The graphics are pretty good. That's actually maybe the best part about it. Okay. Um, like, that part is not... It's not hard to suspend disbelief for the graphics. It's more like... I had, like, analog melee targeting switched on, and there's some weird-ass funky system where it's, like, you gotta, like, hold down a trigger and then put the analog up and down to, like, swing that way. What? Or, like, left and right to swing that way. Well, they're, they're going for, like, a... You can control yeah. the swings, right, right? Right. It's just so fucking cumbersome and horror. So I turned it off, but then figuring out the melee controls was still weird. And like after fiddling with the game for a while, I was just like, you know what? Why am Why? I trying to? <laughs> yeah. Why? I mean, I've already played the game like twice. Like I don't need to play this again. Yeah. I do love it, but um, 
and really the, the it's the tone of Dead Island that I think works so much for me. Mm-hmm. Like I love the environment, the the different character classes, that sort of really mild kind of like Diablo RPG element to it, where it's like you can pick a class and like sort of go down a tree kind of thing. Yeah, I just love that shit. Like fucking can't get enough. And the like obnoxious tone of the characters, like how gratingly annoying they are, but like in like a funny in your face way, sort of like lessens the impact of like occasionally poor quest design or like poor dialogue you know what I mean I guess like I don't find the dialogue annoying like I do in Dying Light um, because okay. it doesn't take itself seriously I think okay. so it's like I, it's kind of like it, whereas in Dying Light and again I'm only I can't play the second one right I'm only referencing the first one whereas in Dying Light it's like it wants the game clearly wants you to take it seriously and that bugs me hmm. but Dead Island is so clearly knows it's dumb and stupid that yeah. it, it just like rolls over me Fair enough. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, but uh, I really think that the the trailer footage they showed for the Dead Island two at the end of the um, Gamescom, yeah, I think it was Gamescom. Um, they had that fine, like, uh, yeah, the cinematic trailer was kind of fucked, and like, I don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't, that, yeah, whatever. Their head was totally in the wrong place there, but I get the audience they're trying to appeal to. But the actual gameplay, like, I really feel like tonally, it's there. You know, like, the Dead Island feel is there. And that's the biggest thing for me reading this interview on VG247 is that I really feel like the people working on this game understand what Dead Island is supposed to be. Yeah. So even though the studio's changed hands, like, fucking three times and it's got, like, a total chaos of development, maybe they get it, you know? And and maybe they understand what they should put in this game and maybe, you know, maybe they're well enough inspired by the original IP that, you know, they will deliver something that's actually... (laughs) <laughs> that's actually gonna satisfy Dead Island fans I don't know you yeah. know but um, the interview is cool it's all about just like they're talking about I mean it's very inside baseball they're talking about the intricacies of weapon durability systems in games you know right. are they good are they bad some people hate them some people love them you know and, and they're, they're trying to justify why it should be in Dead Island and like how it's appropriate for the gameplay and I just think that it really sounds like their head is in the right spot everywhere. Kind yeah, of thing. for sure. Um, it's it's not that fascinating fascinating an interview, but it is fascinating from the perspective of these people. I think get it. Yeah, I'm hoping. You know, here you know here's hoping. Fingers crossed. Like I really fucking can't wait for this game. I don't know if I'm gonna end up liking it when it comes out. No idea. But you're gonna play it. I'm gonna play it. Yeah, like almost. almost it's kind of like I think it's the same way I feel about I felt about Cyberpunk. I want to see it. Yeah. What, whatever it is, if it's a mess, if it's good, who cares? You know. Fair enough. Um, but um, yeah, it was just you know fascinating. It's not really news. It's just a fascinating sort of interview that sort of scrolled by. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we just sort of like we threw the way we were supposed to do this episode completely out the window there. So now <laughs> it's now it's open season. There you go. <laughs> Did we even say what what number the new? We said it was fifty five, right? I, I do believe we questioned <laughs> episode fifty five. I think we asked it. As I don't a question. even know if I did a proper introduction. <laughs> I feel like we always do it as a question. Um, I put for general discussion this week because it's just sort of it's such an open ended kind of thing. And I was having a conversation with my buddy Joel earlier this week um, that kind of also made me think about this, but just a couple articles come out recently, you know, CD Projekt has big plans. They've they've got massive plans for the future. I got a couple article headlines off IGN, although this news was officially announced via, I believe, both the um, CD Projekt Red, what do they call it, investors group meeting, uh, and then consequently announced, some of it was announced via Twitter after that. Uh, But the news came out of both those two places, and they've got crazy plans for their future. Mm-hmm. I am like so I mean I don't I feel like if I start I'm going to get into a massive rant so why don't you tell me you know when you when you initially here I'll read you the two we'll start we, I can launch with just the two article headlines just for shits and, shits and giggles CD Projekt is working on three Witcher games a new cyberpunk and a new IP 
Uh, second article off IGN two days later, I believe, CD Projekt Red is going to put hundreds of developers on Cyberpunk Orion. So, you know, incredibly brief summary of the, summary of the actual news itself. CD Projekt has announced five games. Orion, a codename for our next cyberpunk game, cyberpunk game, which will take the Cyberpunk franchise further and continue harnessing the potential of this dark future universe, uh, will be developed by a brand new CD Projekt Studio set up in the US. That's what the other article is about. It's about the sort of like 300 to 350 person crew they're intending to staff up in the US Boston, I believe, to work on this new Orion. Right. Whatever the fuck that is. Um, and, I mean, besides Cyberpunk, obviously, but it's like, yeah. what kind of cyber? You know, we don't... Is it single player? Is it multiplayer? You know, who knows? One thing that they also stated... Yeah, this is a blog post on the website. Company stated that they are, quote-unquote... Now, I mean, here's a, here's a vague statement, if I've ever heard one. Uh, not that we should be surprised at a CD project. Uh, they were also, at quote-unquote, adding multiplayer to the majority of future projects. So, nothing specific. They basically are just saying, we love multiplayer, yay! We'll see what that means. Yeah. So that's Orion, right? Going to be developed by a new studio in the U.S., Polaris, a code name for the next installment in the Witcher series of games, which we re- recently announced was in pre-production. Beginning of a new saga, they aim to release two more Witcher games after Polaris, creating a new AAA RPG trilogy. Full trilogies intend to be released, quote-unquote, in a six-year period. Like hell it is. Uh, Canis Majoris, a full-fledged Witcher game. So this is, you know, those are the three Witcher games, and these are more Witcher games. Yeah. A full-fledged uh, Witcher game separate to the new Witcher saga, starting with Polaris. It'll be developed by an external studio headed by experienced developers who have worked on past Witcher games. That is all that is known about that at this point in time. Sirius, a code name for the game developed by We All Remember, the acquisition of the Molasses Flood. The Molasses Flood, set in the Witcher universe and created with support from CDPR, will differ from past productions, offering multiplayer gameplay on top of a single-player experience, including campaign with quest and story. That's the first actual concrete, sort of like this one has multiplayer. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I think at this point in time, I'm maybe more curious to see what comes out of a, a, a company that's not CD Projekt, <laughs> rather than, but, you know, it's besides the point. Hadar, codename for a third entirely distinct IP created from scratch within CDPR. Project is in early stages of creative process, which means they're not developing any game yet, but working exclusively on the foundation for this new setting. Totally new IP, not based on anything else. Yeah, so that's just to give a little bit of background. What was your initial thoughts when you saw this sort of... Goddamn. Right? <laughs> like, that, they sound busy. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't know. I mean, that's cool, I guess. Not really excited about anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about this? So, I mean, this kind of announcement, we can contrast this to stuff like, the, what, like for example, say the last Ubisoft Connect, was it? Where they, um, you know, they went into like all these different Assassin's Creed games. Like, that's one of the first things that left to my mind was like, this feels a little Ubisoft-y. Yeah. In terms of like, also the annualization of their, right? Like, Just we're going to... Like, pow. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, here's the, you know... It's an awful lot. It's an awful lot, yeah. I mean... Too much to get excited about any of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I I feel like, uh, I mean, to me, this is much less exciting than if they had just said one thing they're working on. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I uh, if it was like, oh, we have a new Witcher game coming out, or sh- being uh, yeah. for 2024. Yeah. You know, it'll have multiplayer. Like, That's kind of cool. But this, I'm just like... I don't know. It's also, it's fundamentally, like, dramatically less exciting for me to have five Witcher games than to have one. You know what I mean? Like, how can you expect anyone to get... Because it's kind of like, also, when you announce too much like that, I kind of feel like you set people up for, like, okay, well, I shouldn't care too much about this first thing because we know that the, quote-unquote, better things are going to come later anyways. So, it's, I don't know, it just feels weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. It seems... 
yeah, I don't know. It's I, also like, I mean, their company is kind of currently based on basically two games, right? Mm-hmm. Like Cyberpunk and Witcher 3. Right. I mean, yes, they made the other ones, but like they didn't really do particularly well. So it's not like they're um, sort of you know responsible for the success of the company in any way, shape, or form, right? Mm-hmm. So they're still operating off two successful products, right? Um, and one of which was decidedly less successful. Well, I guess it depends on how you analyze it, but decidedly less successful, sort of like production-wise, than the other one, right? I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to make of it either. Yeah, it kind of. It kind of bumps me out, I guess, <laughs> overall. Like, I have so many mixed feelings, man. It's like, I, I'm happy for, for the cyberpunk part because I think the cyberpunk IP needs love, period. Okay. Um, the RPG game needs more... It needs as much help as it can get. Yeah. So anything that comes out with cyberpunk name on it is help for the RPG, and I think it's ultimately... It is a net good no matter what the... I mean, as long as the quality level isn't, like, agreed upon as, in, as everybody hates it, which, you know, even the video game, while it was bad, not everybody hates it. You know what I no. mean? Like, it was still received relatively well. Um, like, yeah, people, like, poked uh, all sorts of, like, criticism at, like, the you know, the state it was released in. But the actual what's there, it's like most people, like the average gamer, I say, doesn't kind of kind of digs the content. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, even though I think it's ultimate, I don't think it's very impressive. I mean, I think aspects of it are, but I think as a game as a whole, it's not really. It's super nothing to write home about. Right. Um, it's a great demo for the Cyberpunk universe, but <laughs> you know, it's just like it's not. I mean, to me, it's not like something along the lines of like I don't know, God of War, Uncharted, like uh, what are games it's trying to be? Elder Scrolls followed. Like uh, hmm. the gameplay is like it's just okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's average. It's really just average. But the world is really cool. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm excited for the cyberpunk thing because any it's like no such thing as bad press. I, I feel like for the role playing game, that's great. And also, like we wouldn't have gotten Edge Runners without this video game, right? So yep, I guess. It's, I mean, I guess for sure. We for sure would not have. I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah. there's no question. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, at least, there's there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. I mean, um, nobody was thinking about this fucking product before. I had barely heard the word cyberpunk before the CD Projekt game, you know what I mean? Okay. So I feel very mixed, you know? Like, the Witcher stuff, I think, is definitely, like, I don't... I mean, to me, it's going to suck if this company becomes another Ubisoft. And I feel like that's what they're trying to make themselves. (laughs) And I I don't like that, but... And I also just, yeah, five new Witcher games at the same time seems... Seems a bit much. I mean, already I'm thinking by looking at this list, I'm like, okay, well, Sirius, the project by Molasses Flood, first of all, Molasses Flood... I'm curious because they're kind of just like an, an, an X factor, but it's announced multiplayer on top of single player, so I'm already just more interested in that than the other ones. Yep. But I'm not a Witcher fan, right? So there's that. That immediately sounds like the most interesting one to me, but there's still four others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and in terms of Cyberpunk, it's like, I got to be honest too. I mean, this, this company's been getting a lot of good press lately. Like, I feel way too much good press. And I'm still super, I mean, I could go, I'm not going to do it. I could go and find a news article right now that says how they promised me multiplayer in Cyberpunk and just didn't <laughs> deliver at all, right? Right. Didn't deliver and were eventually just like, nah, fuck it. Yeah. And like really, I mean, if you want to be the most, you know, if you want to be like ethical, it's like, well, you should kind of, I don't know, partially refund people, give them free DLC, something. Find some way to like account for the fact that like you... You made like you straight up lied when you were selling this product to people and said it would have something that it will not, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. that's kind of not cool, you know. Like, yeah, well. I mean, other companies like Naughty Dog with Last of Us, you know, when they said they were going to 
Actually, I guess I'm, I'm about to eat my words on that because I was going to say because they, they said they would add the stand the multiplayer component to Last of Us Two, right? Okay. Because they had the multiplayer component in Last of Us One, which shipped with the game, I think, right? I'm I not sure. Think I think. And then the multiplayer component for Last of Us 2, they said they were going to add later. And it finally, I think they decided they were just going to split it off and make it like a standalone product. But it is coming out, you know. Okay. So, like, if people were, and I don't think it's like a, I don't, yeah, I'm not actually sure if it's going to be a paid thing. I, I thought they were another good example of, like, people, like, I'm trying to think in my head, is there anyone else who said, you know, this is the product and we're, we'll add this part later? Maybe No Man's Sky? Not exactly, but they sort of did that. Yeah, No Man's Sky kind of did it, actually. Okay. I mean, oh, they didn't really... They didn't exactly clearly say there was going to be multiplayer at the beginning. They said you sort of, like... They were super dodgy about it when the, when the game first released, but... Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, but they did actually finally add all the multiplayer shit in and fix everything. Fair. So I kind of wish they that CD Projekt would maybe just do that instead, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, they'll just release another game that might have it. Yeah, how do you feel about the new Cyberpunk game what would your level of interest be based on the release of the first one? None. None? No. Like, I bought Cyberpunk for the multiplayer. Yeah. Didn't get it, and I'm just kind of like, well... I mean, I guess if there was some multiplayer and I had a bunch of buddies playing it, I might, you know? But um, I have zero interest off the, just off the top, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they kind of, like, they kind of crushed me... They crushed my goodwill with the the state of the game, and then the fact... I mean, yeah, it was the state of the game, and then it was also the fact that they were just like, eventually, like, no, we're not going to do the multiplayer. That sucked for me, so I think that for a new one, I definitely would not... Like, it would be kind of like, I'll maybe get it if it reviews well. But yeah, like, if it doesn't review well... Although, in fairness, Cyberpunk 2077 actually reviewed pretty good. So whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I'm super like uh, I feel really really mixed about this company now. Yeah, well. like, uh, but it's like I, think I can't deny that I'm both unhappy that it's like they reap all the benefits of edge runners being successful in terms of like their game sales, right? I think that they probably reap the most benefits out of it. Probably. But I'm super happy that edge runners exists, <laughs> right? So it's like mm. I don't know what to think. Yeah, uh, you'll get more. I'll get more. Who knows? Yeah, they got big plans. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's kind of cool that at least it's a different studio, a new studio that will make it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will help, but we'll see in you know ten years or so yeah. what uh, <laughs> whether or not they learned anything at all from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I'm sure ten years from now, it's like even if they did learn something, they'll have time to forget it again in the process. Yeah, <laughs> we're all still around in ten years, so, you know. We'll see. Yeah, if I'm still alive in ten years, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, it really did take them. I think Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven was announced in. I think it was about a decade ago, hmm. like maybe 2014 okay. or 2012. Yeah, I think it was maybe 2012. It was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Like the first, first, first announcement and like showing of just like, hey, we're working on this. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, things changed, you know. I mean, and t- given that it took them that long to make something that was kind of widely considered to be a steaming pile when it came out, it's like a little embarrassing. You know, well, ten years is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I do love Cyberpunk the IP, so... There you go. Whatever. Happy about anything in that sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, here, what do we... Do you want to tell me a little bit about uh, what you've been playing? Uh, yeah, well, I've messed around a few times on uh, Hunt. There was a new update two days ago, maybe? I, I can't remember the date. I think I saw the, the thing scrolling by. Yeah, and it introduces a beetle that you can throw. Please explain to me about the beetle. All right. So it's a beetle that you can throw and control. It's like a drone. Interesting. And you can fly it up. So it flies? Oh, yeah, it flies. 
Does it like scurry too? And I never, I, to tell you the truth, I've never tried it. But, um, <laughs> I had a buddy that did, and uh, I saw quite a few of them up close. Um, so yeah, you can fly them around. You can fly them right up to a, an enemy and blow up in their face. And um, Interesting. And it yeah. hurts the enemy. Yeah. Huh. Bleeding. So they're like missiles? They're drones. Or recon drones? They're drones. They're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. What are they intended for? Recon or attack? Both. Both. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're mostly recon. But I, I got spooked, man. I was in a cornfield, and I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? And then, pop! And I was like, Jesus. It um, <laughs> terrified me. So wait, the beetle detonated on an enemy? In my face. In no, face. somebody oh flew it. They were scoping us, and then boom, bullets started flying. It was an ordeal. Uh, so yeah. They're that's, trying shit, man. That's what I've been doing. So what do you think about this? How do you feel about this beetle, beetle <laughs> edition? Well, it blew up in my face, so I was a little pissed <laughs> off. But um, yeah, I don't is, know. It's a neat addition, I guess. Is it a weapon or a consumable? It's a, it's a consumable, so it's okay. like a grenade. Got it. Or um, whatever, a frag trip, trip or mine or something, or frag. I think it's yeah. A, yeah I think it's um, the throwables. You know, mm. pretty sure. A tool, quote unquote. Mm. I honestly can't remember which is which. Yeah, not a primary weapon. No, no. Yeah, it doesn't no, take no, one no. of your gun slots. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. But anyways, so I messed around with that a little bit, and uh, anyways, that was new. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm happy to see that they're experimenting. Oh, they're, they're doing stuff to it all the time. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I think they changed some level design, kind of. Really? Apparently. Like placement or actual design? Uh, placement. Okay, Sorry, interesting. Of, of things in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't know it well enough to notice. Mm. You know, I saw some stuff. I'm like, I think oh, it's probably a good thing. Maybe that, maybe that's new. And I'm like, fuck if I know. Man. Yeah, it could have been there from day one. I feel like it's a good sign for your immersion level if you don't know. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, because it means you're not you're paying attention mostly to the environment, just the overall environment. Yeah, and not the specifics. Maybe. Yeah, I don't or know. Or maybe I just have a terrible memory. <laughs> or maybe that <laughs> like, that doll was always there. You know, <laughs> that's creepy. Yeah, it is, man. It right? is. Right? Some weird shit in that game. That game's fucking creepy, man. Dude, it's like, terrifying. Yeah, but uh, but good times. Especially when you're on edge because you're just like, I don't know. I don't. I A, don't know if anything's hunting me, and B, if something is hunting me, I don't know where it is. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Those two things in tandem. Yeah, no, it's intense. It's mm. super intense, but fun. It's the closest thing to getting a real-life experience. Well, real life. I mean, like a not... I, I don't know how to, how to express it. Like a not-handcrafted version of Resident Evil 7. Like the fear I felt in Resident Evil 7 while playing it. It's mm. like it recreates it with random things, kind of. Okay. As in things that are not, like, controlled by the creator. Right. Like, random enemy placement or, like, actual players. Mm -hmm. But it recreates a similar feeling of kind of, like, dread and, like, where's the shit going to come from? And, like, just, I don't know, yeah, existential dread as I had when I was playing <laughs> Resident Evil 7. Okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> I never played um, uh, Resident Evil yeah. 7. But, um, well, I tried it, I think. No, you tried, you, yeah. You, yeah. You, you I tried, tried it. it briefly. Yeah. But, uh yeah, I, I hear you. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very cool game. But that's uh, yeah, that's what I played the most. You know? And do you think that it's good for the health of Hunt Showdown to be experimenting with exper experimenting with that kind of thing, or or do you feel like this yeah, is maybe sure. yeah? I think so. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much an anti camping mechanic. Oh, that's interesting. You know, so if uh, I don't know, if there's someone camping at door or whatever. Yeah. I mean, thing can go pretty far. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. Pretty Sounds cool. pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I yeah. gotta say, it, it surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, and then I heard about it, and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's what that was. Um, but yeah, very cool. Nice. And uh, I do recommend that game. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I had a the random thought when I was like coming over here today was like, one of the things I'm happy about doing the podcast. I sometimes feel a lot of guilt that I'm not like playing enough different games. I I kind of struggle with that a lot. Like I feel like I'm. I don't know, not being like, a, like I'm too, I mean, I'm a really routine based person, so I tend to just gravitate towards a thing, and once I find my thing, I sort of obsess over it, mm -hmm. and like, I, I guess I feel like on some level that's a negative personality trait, so I try to sort of get out of my comfort zone sometimes, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I feel a lot of guilt that I'm like, it's my way of telling myself, like, I'm not experimenting enough, or like, I'm not pushing my mind to like different things, you know, whatever. And but one of the things that I feel really good about, kind of makes me happy that we do this podcast, is that I don't think that, you know, while I sometimes worry I don't play enough games, at the same time, it's gotten me to experiment with things that I never would have done before. Like, Hunt Showdown is the perfect example of, like, I would have taken one, like, before speaking to you about it, I would have taken one look at that game and been like, oh, multiplayer only, I'm not going to try it. Mm. Doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter how good it is, how bad it is, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just like, that's just not my game, you know? Like, mm. and... I'm really happy I tried it because it's one of the coolest games I've ever played, you know, so... Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's just, it's nice to kind of... It gets a little... It gets you a little bit out of your comfort zone, I guess. Like I think of... it gets everybody out of yeah. comfort I think if you're in your comfort zone in the Bayou, you're probably like a psychopath or yeah. something. You know, like have something seriously wrong with your brain. I'm thinking American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game that makes me deeply uncomfortable, yet I cannot deny is always kind of fun to play. Oh, it's a really time. cool game, but it's like, yeah. If you're comfortable in that, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, you're on another level. totally, um, totally. Well, here I can say, um, you know, all I'm playing is uh, Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got back into Elden Ring. I feel like, did I touch a couple other things? Um, am I missing something? I mean, I, I, mean, I tried Dead Island for all the five minutes. Right. No, I guess I really have only been playing Elden Ring. Yeah, it's kind of dope. Yes. Nice. I mean, Actually, yeah, well, we did play a round the other day, right? Totally, totally. Two, maybe two, even. Since yeah. Last we recorded. Yeah. yeah, I guess last time we talked about fighting Millennia together, right? We did the same thing. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it still hasn't worked. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I got to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit because my, my supermarket friend was like, yeah, 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 I beat Millennia solo and just spammed Common Azure to, like, <laughs> annihilate her. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, I, ha I mean, I have that spell. I know how to use it. And I'm like, I it totally made me feel like... Inadequate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super inadequate. <laughs> like, questioning my, like, gamer cred. I'm, I'm playing this game wrong. <laughs> I'm really? like, you did this solo... And me and Teague together have tried, like, we've probably done 20 at least now? I'd say 20, yeah. Maybe 25? I don't... Uh, a, a fair amount. A good chunk, yeah. At least 20, maybe even 30, I'm not sure. Like, the first time we did quite a few attempts, we did at least 10 last time, too. Anyways, but we're two grown men who have both played this game pretty much all the way through. Taken a big break. Have taken a big break. Like, completely. Like, I mean, again, the, the first 10... To 15 times we fought her, I completely forgot about the flask, remember? Oh, yeah, true. And, yeah. like, the buffs only came in last round, you yep. know? Um, I mean, again, have to relearn the game, basically. But. but it's like the buffs, you know, they only they only make your already winning strategy slightly easier to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. they're not going to do for the... For sure, for sure. But, I mean, the fact that you have a strategy, you know, like well, certain uh, talismans... Yeah. 
different gear. Yeah. You know. You, to be fair, too, I should probably experiment with my spells, too. Like, I've been yeah. using the same three, but, like, I should probably yeah. try a few different... I did read online that um, those... What is it? Fucking Night Ambush Shard? Night Ambush Spell? There's some, like, School of Night Sorceries, and they're called Ambush Shard and Night Shard, I think. Mm. And they're, like, semi-invisible. Um, they kind of... It sounds like they might be cool in multiplayer because I think they are they are actually slightly harder to physically see than other spells. Hmm. So you get like a, little, like a little bit of a surprise advantage there. Um, and then in game effects, like the enemies are less likely to perceive them and dodge. Hmm. I think that's the... So it can be easier to hit guys with it. Right. Yeah, some people said that works pretty well against... I gotta try that. Okay. Because I mean, cool. I've got the staff that enhances the night sorceries too, so like... Cool. Could be cool, you know. But yeah, we should. I should probably experiment a little bit more. Yeah, for know. sure. I mean, we've been um, kind of stubborn and just having fun. Yeah, we have. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. not really. We haven't. We're getting there, you know. She'll die, eventually, you know. I mean, build crafting is super fun, but it's like I also feel like these games are also all the from software games. They're also all about. You can never cheat the basic skill of you just need to be able to dodge and hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. no matter what you're using you need like, a strategy. at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you need a strategy yeah. against her? Come on. One combo, maybe even just two shots, you're dead. Yeah. Like, I yeah. Don't know. So, on. I mean, I'm super looking forward to finally finishing that with you. Uh, and also, the samurai that I'm leveling is totally awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm super happy that I, I mean, I, you were telling me all about katanas in the beginning. I got to be honest, I was not. I wasn't interested. Yeah. I wasn't interested, and like I wasn't listening to all the amazing stories about katanas. But I'm definitely now seeing. Yeah, they're pretty dope. I'm right about. I mean, my uchi katana is like pretty good, and it, I think it's always going to be the mainstay because the cool thing about that is you can just equip different weapon arts, right? Yep. Um, that's amazing. I need to get some more because there's like another cool blood one that I don't have. I've been using the blood slash right. that uses your own health. That's amazing. I just switched to the poison mist to try out the poison build. Right. Also pretty cool because the way that works is like, it's called poison moth flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you put the spray. Yeah, but if he's already poisoned, it removes the poison and does a bunch of damage. Okay. So it's like slightly less than the blood slash, but it doesn't take your own HP. Okay. You know, it's it's not bad. Right. You know? Um, that one's pretty cool, but I'm right about to get the serpent bone blade. Can't wait to try that out, and then eventually, I'll be able to try rivers of blood swarm of flies build. Yeah. Right. So. For sure, if we haven't beat Millennia by that time, <laughs> one of those things is going to work. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> one of those things with also somebody else co-oping. I mean, yeah, no, I totally felt inadequate after talking to this guy, but I'm like, you re really? Like, and he was complaining about like it being kind of difficult at the beginning too, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess he's a little not that acclimated to from software games, you know, like kind of a new thing. No. Yeah, but I mean, like again, probably a quick search as to like, boom. Okay, this has worked for people, right? I, I guess, know. yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess in fairness, too, it is a cheese strategy, right? Like, yeah. it's not like, like, all, all you're doing is catching her in the, bla in the blast once, and then the whole blast kills her. Well, the, uh, what's, what's the name of that guy? Um, let me solo her. Right. Like 160 <laughs> tries or something his first time. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, come yeah. on, that's, that's, and then he's a god now, but. You're right, you're like, right. Like, whatever. Yeah, It's yeah. just the, the nature of it. Yeah, totally, totally. But, uh, no, I mean, I fucking love this game, you know. Mm. Um, it's my buddy Mike that's going through it that gave me all this sort of, like, new energy to, like, approach it again, mm -hmm. you know. Like, because every time he talks about it, I'm just like, ah, oh, that sounds so amazing, everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm reliving the excitement through his eyes kind of thing, you know. But uh, I can't believe that he didn't know how to... <laughs> he, he never tried the Ash of War on his actually very cool dagger right. that has a super unique only-on-that-dagger Ash of War because mm. he didn't just didn't know about the parry... 
removing the parry ability. Yeah. You know, like, but it totally makes sense. Like, I don't, I think if I hadn't randomly started with a shield that didn't have a skill, right. I probably wouldn't know about it either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's complete happenstance that the shield I chose to use, like, I was not paying attention to whether it had a parry or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, crazy game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to take a little break? Yeah, let's do it. Leap into the news. Should we leap right into this Onoma news? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, number one. Uh, Square Enix Montreal rebrands as Onoma. Uh, this is, I'm getting off in games, gamesindustry.biz. Uh, article by Marie DeLisandri. Subheading, new name to serve as umbrella to multiple products, programs, and initiatives, announcements said. There's not that much to say here. Uh, the, the news is just this rebranding. Uh, you can go to the official company website. And yeah, the, on the, the official site, as we start a new chapter is Studio Onoma, we wanted to share behind the scenes insights to our rebrand story. It's a lot of corpse speak. Um, I didn't really find anything particularly interesting there. I don't know if you did. No. What I did thought was kind of cool was uh, just this nice little, very simple bar graph of like the trajectory of their company with all the games they worked on. Right. That was like really nice, easy to process information, uh, visually appealing, colorful, colorful. Looks exactly. Like a metro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess no coincidence. <laughs> looks like a metro. Um, you've got 2011 founding of Square Enix Montreal, and I didn't really know this, um, like what Square Enix Montreal worked on. I, I guess I never really cared all that much, but. Um, they didn't. They never had a really big mainline title like Deus Ex come out of Eidos Montreal, right? Right. That sort of really drew my attention. But it looks like they do a lot of free to play stuff. Uh, they did all these really popular Go games: mm. uh, Hitman Go, Deus Ex Go, Hitman Sniper, and Lara Croft Go. Kind of a. I guess that's two separate games. But um, and they did Hitman Sniper: The Shadows 2022, which I I don't I did never heard about. I don't know. No. I assume it's a mobile game. Um, I don't know if that sort of falls into the. I guess it's like a proper game, quote unquote. But I assume it's also still a mobile game because otherwise, I think we probably would have heard about it. What's significant about this is more so the fact that you know this rebrand aside, I, mean, I do kind of think Onoma is. I think it's interesting that they're going completely away from the like. So they were. It makes sense because the Square Enix Montreal team was bought by Embracer Group, and there's still the rest of Square Enix. So it maybe doesn't really make sense to have a Square Enix company that like it's that's not under Square Enix anymore. Okay. Kind of makes sense to rebrand yourself, I guess. The new name is whatever. I don't know how do you like it? Do you hate well, it? I don't know. It's kind of whatever. Um, I, don't care. <laughs> I do think it's kind of cool that they specifically stated that they're like, oh yeah, it's a name that pronounces really well in English and French. And I'm like, that makes sense. It does. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's a good reason. But um, what I thought was kind of more. I guess what I more wanted to talk about was just the fact that, because we never discussed this before, Embracer Group uh, recently acquired uh, Square Enix Montreal is just part of it. They also got Eidos Montreal. They also got Chris Dynamics. Um, and Eidos Montreal is, I mean, I care about them because of Deus Ex Human Revolution. Yeah, not the second Deus Ex, which is Mankind Divided. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by the way, actually, I meant to, I should have mentioned this recently. I did actually go, I went back to my Wii U I dusted that fucker out of the closet. The store is still barely functional. I bought Deus Ex Human Revolution to try it again. Oh, just because I was like... The more I was thinking about Cyberpunk, the more I was like, the real Cyberpunk game is Deus Ex Human Revolution. Like, that like that did this thing better in almost every respect. Hmm. And I just wanted to see if it was true or not, right? Like, I wanted to check my memory of, like, Deus Ex, and yeah, that game's fucking phenomenal. Hmm. Um, the only bad things about it is the port is a little rough. It's very early FPS, okay. so a lot of the controls are wonky. 
but they have a really nice blended system of like Gears of War cover stealth mechanics okay. mixed with just regular FPS gunplay. Hmm. So you can like you can like cling to surfaces and then crawl around them so that you're always hidden, hmm. right? As a way to sort of stealth around guys. And then you can do these like just press a button for like a silent takedown. You know, so they ha- sort of have like it's a weird blend of like I guess I feel like Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell maybe. Yeah, I was just gonna say Splinter Cell sound. Right, like but it does both of these things kind of at the same time, which is sort of mm. fascinating. And you can also just approach situations guns blazing. It's just very difficult. You okay. Know? But it's a cool game, and like man, the equipment system in it is like fucking dope. The character uh, progression system in Deus Ex: Human Revolution was amazing, and just I just wanted to confirm also, yeah, the story is like awesome, and the voice acting fucking kills. Hmm. Like, it's just so... The voices in the game are, like... It's, like, night and day when you compare it to, like, Cyberpunk 2077, which I just played. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's so much better. It's, like, light years beyond. Hmm. So you can do a story that doesn't suck in a game like this. Okay. At the same time, Human Revolution is a much more... It's, like, a... It's a smaller in scope game, right? Cause it, For sure. It goes from location to location. It's not trying to do a giant open world. So, right. you know, but... I feel like it just goes to show you what you could accomplish or can accomplish when you focus on narrower things. Mm. You know, narrow the vision. Like, don't try and do everything. Try and do just a few things really, really well, you know. And it's like, I feel like Deus Ex Human Revolution is the perfect example of, like, what good you can get when you focus in the right ways, you know. And you, yeah. you don't bite off more than you can chew, you know. Like, um, but And it's got, like, mad cyberpunk flavor. Like, all the augmentations are there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Can, yeah, it's, it's really neat, you know. Um, including, like, cool dialogue options where, like, if you have a certain, like, voice stress analyzer cyberware, you get, like, additional dialogue options because of that cyberware. Okay. And you can, like, negotiate your way out of certain combats. Hmm. You know, like, you can, like, you can, like, there's a situation right at the beginning where you can talk a terrorist down if you're just good enough at doing the dialogue. Okay. Right? And, like, you don't fight him then, but if you don't talk him down, you do fight him. Right. It's kind of interesting. But, uh, anyways, so, yeah, Embracer acquired all three of these studios... And it's just, it's been, you know, Embracer is huge. They have, as the title would suggest, they have just like, I I mean, I won't get into it, but their portfolio is getting so incredibly large at this point in time. And I don't know, I'm curious to see where they go with these properties in the future. Like, where they go with Deus Ex, where they go with, I think they own Lara Croft now, um, I believe. Uh, They also own Legacy of Kane. We're going to talk about that later. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but in terms of this actual news article, it's just an it's though they're rebranding. I'm, I mean, what are they going to do in the future? I hope they do something interesting. I, I mean, I don't mean this. I don't want to sound. I guess what's the word? Harsh, but I'm just less interested in mobile, the sort of mobile, mobile free to play stuff. Fair enough. Which seems to be their focus, right? Yeah. So I don't know if they're gonna. I assume they're gonna continue in that line, but at the same time, you know, this Hitman Sniper of the Shadows. Well, it's not a go game, so maybe they're willing to branch out to. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll just move straight on to number two, uh, since we just talked about it, which is this headline I got off. I got this headline headline off Eurogamer, but Eurogamer is a total bastard with its. Uh, they refuse to allow me to watch anything without my ad block. Hmm. <laughs> so I'm 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 protesting against Eurogamer. But the original Eurogamer headline reads: Crystal Dynamics wants your thoughts on Legacy of Kane, a good quote unquote blood omen. Uh, by Victoria Kennedy. Uh, this is recent news, so I'm also referencing an IGN article because it'll let me read it without <laughs> turning off my ad block, which is Crystal Dynamics. Same thing, Crystal Dynamics asking fans if they'd like to see a new Legacy of Kane game. Kane game, Long Dormant series may return. So Crystal Dynamics recently acquired by Embracer, Embracer Group along with Square Enix and Idos Montreal, like we just said. Um, and I guess, you know, I mean, the news is the actual survey, um, which is them reaching out and just 
they want to gauge interest about the Legacy of Cain franchise. You know, you and I uh, know that franchise well for Blood Omen, right? Which is the vampire game. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super dope. I mean, we both loved it, right? Did we? I loved it. Did you love it? Mm, I'm, I, I'm drawing a blank, honestly. Oh, dude. You know what it is. Blood Omen. Yeah. No, you, you like this game. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this. Here, let me, this is a segue. Blood Omen, Legacy of Cain. Legacy of Cain, definitely. Yeah. I love Legacy of Cain. Well, because it's it's called yeah, it's Blood Omen Legacy of Cain. It looked like this. Does um, this, this vampire yeah. pictures do anything yeah, yeah, for you? Uh, Is a top down vampire action game. No, you could suck the blood of your enemies. I never played that. I played the one. Oh, Soul Reaver. Soul Reaver. Oh, okay. That's what I played. That's really funny. So yeah, I mean Blood Omen. I mean Legacy of Cain. So Blood Omen Legacy of Cain is the first game mm-hmm. featuring a vampire. This game completely spellbound me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I think I was like fifteen or something when this came out. I played it on computer, and this just blew my mind. Yeah. Like, it was it was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. Like, just everything about, like, they nailed just so much shit. Like, the UI here on the right, where they show your guy and his blood levels and stuff, and, like, a time of day meter, and, like, you know, your character would, like, animate if he was, like, in pain or happy or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they, they used that well. You, you could, the thing I loved the most about Blowman or that really got me was like you would attack enemies, then they would go into staggered state. And from anywhere on the screen, you would just hit a button and you would drink their blood from a distance. Hmm. It was just so cool. And you learned these vampire powers, like you could get the power. Yeah, it was like a Metroidvania, what we would call today. But like you, you'd eventually get the power to like turn into a wolf or okay. like go yeah. into your mist form, shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And that would let you like do puzzles and stuff, you know. Like, but there was lots of fighting, and it was a primarily like an action game, I guess, hmm. with a cool story. So I loved that one. And you're familiar with Soul Reaver, Soul Legacy Reaver. of Cain: Colon Soul Reaver. Yeah, where you had like the dart that you could fling into people. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was uh, on PS One. I think that was PS One. Yeah, it's probably PS One. I, I don't even remember. It might have been only the demo that I played. Even I, like, I did the first part. That or sounds something. familiar. And I just loved it. It was the coolest thing ever. Cool. And I have yeah. no recollection of actually ever getting the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just have such fond memories of that. I mean, that was like, I don't know what. Well, PlayStation 1, 25 years ago? About, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a long time, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really don't have many memories of it. But, yeah. I'm totally on board with you with Legacy of Kane. I, I played that game extensively on PlayStation also. I think I had the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a demo. I had the actual disc. And I, I don't think I beat it, but I really dug it. Like, the, like the, just the, also the fact that you were a demon, like they flip the tables and you're now a demon fighting the vampires. Mm-hmm. Instead of in the first one, it's like you're the vampire kind of thing. Okay. I just really dug that whole idea. And like, you had neat powers of traversal too, where like he could yeah. like phase through objects or something. Glide, I think almost. Yeah, um, there, was, there, was, there was some weird stuff. Like uh, It was a fun world to explore. Very cool. Uh, yeah. And you had kind of like God of War style, com- early God of War style combat. Yeah, sort kind of, of, yeah. Like, beat him up kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. It no, was cool. good, man. Yeah. I, I loved that shit back in the day. Especially, Blo- like, Blood Omen is the one that, like, for me, that's the better one, quote-unquote. Right. It's the one that resonated more with me, like, emotionally, I guess. Well, it's like, the first one, right? Yeah, it's the first one. Also, I like the idea of playing as a vampire more. And just the story of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it had something about the way it delivered story. I just really dug it. Um, I, I loved Soul Reaver too. 
So, I mean, I guess, yeah, the, the, the survey came out, you know, they're just gauging interest for people. It's a whole bunch of questions of like, you know, all sorts of stuff like, do you want a remaster? Do you want a reboot? Do you want a new game in the IP? You know, what do you think about, you know, do which Blood Omen came, uh, which Legacy of King game would you like to see redone the most? You know, or which one do you want a sequel to? Like, do you like vampires? Do you not like vampires? Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, take mm-hmm. salt on your bologna sandwiches? Mm-hmm. Like, just big survey, all things <laughs> Legacy of Kane. I guess the real question here is like, you know, I guess I was curious. I mean, I love talking about this game because I love Blood Omen, uh, and I do have a lot of respect for Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver too. Um, but what do you think about this whole, you know, strategy? Like, I have mixed feelings, but I'll put it to you first. Like this whole yeah. the, the idea of like, because bear in mind again, you know, this company just got acquired. Crystal Dynamics just got acquired by Embracer. They're also the ones responsible for Lara Croft, Lara Croft series, mm-hmm. uh, wor- worthwhile noting. Um, and yeah, I mean. So clearly, Embracer is gauging interest for these titles, right? Yeah, because I don't see a problem with this. They want to see what they do on what to do with their investment, I guess. Yeah, right? I don't see a problem with it. I mean, uh, why not? Why not ask? Um, I guess, yeah. Really? I mean, if you were filling out the survey yourself, would you like to see a new like I wouldn't King fill game? out the survey. No, but I mean, <laughs> where do you fall in the spectrum of the questions they're asking? Um, I'd like to see. Do Soul you think Reaver. it's a franchise worth revisiting? I, I, well, again, I have fond memories of Soul Reaver. Mm-hmm. From twenty some odd years ago, yeah. So sure, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, I'd play it probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the name still has cachet. Like it's been a long time since the last game came out. It was something I've never heard of. Mm. Uh, I, I can only assume it must have been a flop. I can't remember the title off the top of my head. But yeah, I remember Soul Reaver one and two, and then I think there's a couple more releases after that. But mm. they're not. They didn't. They weren't big. Right. For whatever reason. Right. right? Um, probably just quality, or maybe also just people were not into the franchise anymore at that point in time. It's a weird franchise, man. I mean, yeah. yeah. Especially given that Definitely. like the Legacy of Kane name is associated with two completely different games, mm-hmm. where you flip-flop the perspective from like vampire, like hunter to hunted kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, really weird IP. I mean, I... <sighs> I think I, I'm kind of not into this whole... I don't like the idea of like trying to like... How to say this? I prefer, you know, when strong creators or personality types... <laughs> I like the approach more of being told what to like. Does mm. that make sense? Like, for example, you know, the way Starbucks created a need for their coffee. Or um, Apple CEO Steve Jobs, you know, he, he made people like the iPhone like he just created an iPhone and was like explained how this product is amazing and convinced people that that, like this is what you all need kind of Mm -hmm. thing I like that approach to development and a little part of me is kind of like I don't want to be asked about a new Legacy of Kane game I want you to just make one and then show me why I should play it Hmm. does that make sense? yeah no it does Um, and I kind of I feel like with something like this that it feels a little empty because this is like some big company now who just acquired these guys and it feels like you know we're just sort of like what's the word for uh, you know you get all the people in a room and you ask them questions about what they like and don't like it's not market research it's like it's like we're all we're a giant what's the word test group no focus group focus group it's like we're it's like we're being a focus group for them yeah. and yeah. I'm fundamentally against that idea because I, I feel more like well if you have to ask then no one wants to make this. But Does I mean, that make sense? Yeah. Like, there's no creator out there who's like, I desperately want to make this next Legacy of Kane game and it's going to rock. Um, Unlike Callisto Protocol creator, right? Who's like... I guess, but I mean, there's a huge age difference and console well, that's true. difference. Yeah. And like, you know, who's playing what now? Yeah. And like... Fair. 
who even knows what the fuck this is? Fair. <laughs> yeah, know? no, totally fair. Totally fair. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, again, what's the audience into these days? Yeah. As opposed to when did uh, Legacy of Kane uh, come Kane out? is Soul Reaver? No, no. The, the first one? Yours, the first one. <sighs> I was actually on, I mean, there you go. It was on PlayStation 1. Okay. Although it was on PC before that. I'm uh, just curious about the release. I mean, to me, it seems like a 90s thing, you know. It's got to be. Okay, Blood Omen is 96. Okay, 96. So Soul Reaver is 99. Yeah. Okay, so 96, though. That's the one we were talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty fucking long ago. <laughs> you know, like, it's pretty fucking long ago. Quarter century. So, I mean, <laughs> the audience has you changed. You raise a good point. <laughs> <laughs> the audience has changed. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, I, I really get the idea of trying to test the waters now instead yeah. of just like pushing what worked maybe 25 years ago maybe you have a good point maybe it's kind of like you know CD Projekt instead of ramming a broken game down our throats with a multiplayer could have been like hey do you want a game if so should it or should it not have multiplayer <laughs> and then they proceed to create and deliver the thing that you ask for well that sounds pretty good actually I don't know <laughs> when you put it that way <laughs> when it's that that old like what they're talking yeah. about here you know, <clears throat> like it's I don't know totally. to me it makes sense Totally, totally, totally. Well, I'll conclude by saying, I mean, yes, I would like another Blood Omen Legacy of Kane game. <laughs> Crystal Dynamics, if you're listening, uh, that's a resounding yes to the survey for me. Yeah. But, well. uh, I mean, if it's good, you know, don't fuck it up, but, uh, well. hey, Blood Omen Legacy of Kane was good shit. I yeah, mean, but I mean, Soul like, was dope what are we too. talking here? Cell phone game? Are we talking uh, PC? Are we talking... Uh, like- I think it's relatively safe to say no, it would not be a... I mean, they, especially with the later games in the series, their track record is much more... Uh, console centric I would say okay like Blood Omen when it initially came out was like a little bit more PC centered but as you can see it also got a PlayStation 1 release Mm -hmm. and then I feel like they kind of got into the console market after that because I feel like Soul Reaver was associated more with I assume it came out on PC I don't know but it was associated more with consoles than it was with PC okay so no I think we're good there (laughs) but um, yes please Uh, moving on to number three Scald Against the Black Priory PC turn-based RPG came out of NextFest gameplay. There's a first look that was released. This is not even really... I mean, it's not you know proper news per se, but this is a new game uh, demoed at Steam NextFest, which is something that I knew barely anything about, but it appears to be some sort of big sort of Steam um, you know, festival expo- ex- expose kind of thing. Steam file. <laughs> a lot of them are, yeah. Um... Scald Against the, Bl- the Black Priory by Raw Fury, a retro-style RPG. Uh, I'm getting this off the actual rawfury.com website. Official project description. Retro-style RPG set in a grim, dark fantasy world of tragic heroes, violent deaths, and Lovecraftian horror. Like that last aspect. Explore an engaging, branching story with exploration and crunchy tactical... Dude, crunchy is a word that I, whenever anyone throws it in a description, I'm like, yes... I want something crunchy. I want my shit to be crunchy. I don't care what it means or what it is. Okay. It's a really, it's it's a it's definitely a word that gets me. Okay. It's, well, I mean, especially when it's applied to crunchy tactical combat. Right. I like my tactical combat crunchy. Yeah, I hear you. For sure. I, hear you. <laughs> I like my Weedabix crunchy. <laughs> uh, exploration and crunchy tactical turn-based combat that will engage RPG fans old and new. Great tagline. And these guys, where is it? Yeah, and then has one of the best about, about the developer blurbs that I've ever read. From the frozen fjords of the Norwegian Arctic North, Anders Lauridsen is a game developer that loves making bespoke, narrative-heavy role-playing games. Hmm. So it appears to be from uh, him and some other devs talking, maybe him and two other guys. Yeah, retro throwback RPG, um, 
it's very it's clearly in the style of the early I was a huge fucking these are some of my like the the, the first games I ever played that got me into role playing games when I was a kid hmm. um, I played Ultima 4 Quest of the Avatar on NES which is a port of a PC game and I played Ultima 5 on the same system on, also on NES and these like I kind of fell in love with these games and they look exactly like this did in back in the day Right, uh, where it's like you control a bunch of dudes, top-down style. You move in squares. It's like it's like um, translating D and D and stories into a game kind of okay. thing. You know what I mean? Like it looks like when you play tabletop D and D and you're moving dudes along a little okay. map. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's sort of the feel. You know, hmm. um, but yeah, it's totally in the style of what I played Ultima Four: Quest of the Avatar on NES. Ultima is a huge series by Richard Garriott, really, really famous developer. He's a pretty cool guy, actually. I read a lot of like interviews about his stuff. Super cool creator. I mean, there was so much, like, heart and, like, good story put into those Ultima games. It was just really cool. Like, Ultima 4 Quest of the Avatar, for example, it's a traditional turn-based RPG where you have, like, combats and shit. But the cr- crazy hook about the game was that you were really on a quest to be the Avatar. And to be the Avatar, you had to master all the eight virtues okay. of, like, honesty, uh, compassion, you know, hmm. br- br- bravery. But all of these virtues had... Friendship? Probably. Mm. <laughs> but it's, like... It was really cool how they made you do because it wasn't just play the game. Right. It was like like they would insert beggars into the game. No, they would insert merchants that were blind sometimes, oh. and you could choose what to pay them. Ooh. So you could stiff them as hard as you wanted to, or pay them what they're what they're Maybe asking they're not for. Blind, right? Ooh. Well, the whole thing is that's how you do your honesty, mm-hmm. right? Is like yeah, yeah. so they had all these little things like running from combat would decrease your valor. Um, I don't. There was all these like sort of moral tests that like. Yeah. But it was a really neat sort of just. Idea, it, it's a neat idea, and it's like a cool mechanic that I've never really seen done in a game in the same way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, all that to say, Scald against the Black Priory, Steam Next Fest. I think it looks dope. It looks exactly like these old computer turn-based RPG games. Um, I guess my angle on this is that while we get games like Baldur's Gate and Divinity, which are incre- incredibly cool and very very good, we don't really. I haven't seen someone do a retro style throwback game in the exact style of these early games, mm-hmm. kind of in a super long time. So I think I just think it's really curious to have someone sort of re-explore that terrain. And like, I would super be into playing like, because um, when I see these kinds of things, like this 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 project Scald, what I immediately think is like, oh, cool. It's like I'll replay the games I played when I was a kid, but they'll just have they'll have like more robust combat. Because mm-hmm. we've learned so many lessons the past twenty years now, you know what I mean? It'll yeah. be just like what I remember with better, with better, crunchier combat. Crunchier, combat. right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's kind of all you need to get me into playing one of these games, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like it's got a lot of story. That looks really neat. Uh, I think the art is very like it's incredibly lo-fi, but it's what's the word? Like it's true to its roots. True. Yeah, like that is what those games used to look like, and um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's really all I got to say about it. Yeah, it looks like it's made on a frozen fjord. <laughs> I I might actually, I mean, I don't, probably not. Uh, but no, no, that's a joke, by the way. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it just looks like your kind of game. You know? No, totally, man, totally. I I might break out my Steam. To, I just hate Steam so much. It's just a. Uh... Steam is the whole, uh, you know, it's like the online store for all these. Oh, um, okay. The okay. Steam shop. Okay. Right? Sorry, I was thinking Switch. Sorry. No, your 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 head's in the right place because they released a Steam console recently Steam that Death, is a Switch. Right? Yes, uh, Switch. Switch. <laughs> Steam and Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Switch Steam. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I mean, I actually would kind of like a Steam a Steam Deck would be fun, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the thing with Steam that I just I can't stand it because it it forces its launcher to be always there. Hmm. Like you can't just buy games and play them. You have to use the Steam. It's like it. It's like you've got Uncle Sam over your shoulder telling you how to play the game. I just don't like that. It's the government, you know. Like yeah, it's like Steam is the government kind of. They're like the infrastructure in which you have to play everything. I just don't. I wish they would let me just buy the game and then not have their runner launching, their yeah. launcher running in the background. Yeah, it's annoying. Um, yeah, and it's just like I, do, I just don't like the. To me, PC is all about freedom, and it's like it doesn't feel very free, like forcing me to go through your launcher. Anyways, I guess yeah. Very like uh, you know uh, high level complaints, but um, yeah. first world problems, whatever. It makes me want to play the demo, yeah, because there there is a demo you can just go and play, and like uh, mm. there's a big sixteen minute like gameplay video that's like pretty cool. But anyways, I think the game was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to number five, PlayStation Stars loyalty program is now live in North America. So I got this off a Video Games Chronicle article. Service will be rolled out in Europe on October 13th. Uh, and news officially, I believe, comes to the PlayStation blog account as well. So, I mean, this PlayStation Stars program, we've heard about this a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we covered it before. It's also been in the state of play before. You know, there's that lady talking about, like, all the wonderful digital collectibles you can have. Yeah. Um, it falls mostly into the category of things that I just don't really care about. Um, yeah. Although, of course, there is... I mean, it, it is completely free to sign up. There's not really much reason not to, because theoretically you could get eventually a free game. Theoretically. Right? There you go. Like, I don't know how much people actually know. I mean, it's, it's already started, but, you know, whether we can tell at so this... The reason is basically just why not? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the reason would be... No, I mean, the reason for me mm-hmm. or you. You know, the reason for most no, people... No, but it's not why, it's why not. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't offer anything specifically amazing. Well, it, it's like a whole... It's like trophies. Mm-hmm. It's like if you care about trophies. Right. You know what I mean? Some more just one, but that are only accessible through this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just made up trophies. It's just more trophies. It's pretty much just more trophies. Yeah, it's more trophies and more achievements, but there's also the idea that the things you do will contribute to some sort of... Like, they haven't been... I don't know if they have it... When we previously covered it, it wasn't fleshed out yet. Right. Because it's currently live, it may be more fleshed out, although I couldn't really care that much to dig into it, gotta be honest. But um, there is supposed to be a way to also get free games with it too. Like right. you can earn like sort of like points towards getting eventually a free game kind of thing. Okay. Sort of like what, Nin- I mean, Nintendo does a really good way of that system. I'm sure it's not that good because Nintendo's is amazing. There's no way this can be as good as that. Um, but the fact remains that it is free to sign up for. There's no actual sort of cost associated with it. So it's kind of like... I mean, if they will eventually give you free games with it, who knows? You know, maybe it doesn't hurt to sign up just because you don't really lose anything by not doing it. But it's primarily designed for people who like sort of the idea of digital collectibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that's who it's for, yeah. right? I was just trying to say, like, personally, me and you, the only reason why we would want to get it is because, in theory, we could get a free game out of it at some point in time. Right. In theory, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, this, I, the service is not really what I wanted to discuss. It's more... I thought this idea, the whole idea of, I mean, this, people have been banding around this idea of uh, PlayStation noted that people, people who use PlayStation Stars and who end up getting, a, there's like a ranking system of like four levels, right. and who attain the highest level, or rather attain higher levels in the ranking system, are actually going to be given priority uh, mm-hmm. priority service and customer support. I let me do f- vaguely recall this now. Let me find the direct quote. This is the only relevant thing for me. Yeah. Like, I don't really, I couldn't give less of a shit about the other stuff. But yeah, here, here's, uh, this is a quote from the Video Games Chronicle article. And they've gotten it from PlayStation. Quote, unquote, controversially, the service appears to offer high-tier users priority customer support, which has been received poorly by players in regions where the service has already launched. 
Mm. Um, is that it? Yeah, according to Sony, the level four tier perks include a commemorative collectible, whatever, and a promise that, quote unquote, when contacting PlayStation customer support, you will be given priority in the chat order. This is the whole thing that concerns me. Like, I really couldn't care less about the other stuff. It's more just like, I think it's completely whack, the idea of like, your participation in some nonsense trophy program. It's essentially what they're saying is that the people who want you to do it. waste the most time playing video games will get the most customer service. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's, um, they want you to sign up. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, need a, they need a high attachment rate for their new service to justify its existence, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they get out of it? Like, what do you get? Like, what do they get? I mean, I'm looking at it from the very non-nefarious perspective of just more people playing PlayStation. Okay. I think that's pretty much... Like, I think all they really want out of this Sounds is just... Good. Yeah, it's just engagement. Yeah. They just want customer engagement. And they're trying to... I mean, I, I see it as, like, a positive thing. They're just trying to give people more things to engage with. Okay. They, so know, they know that some people love trophies. This is something a little bit like trophies. So if you're that, kind of, that type of gamer... You might super dig on this, you know? Like, yeah. some people fucking love that shit. I mean, I couldn't care less, but I'm just one type of gamer, you know? But like, maybe you should get into it, so if you ever do complain, <laughs> you get priority one. <laughs> well, this stuff is just, like, fucking... I mean, to me, is the worst kind of bullshit imaginable. It's, like, the idea that you're going to prioritize... <laughs> you're just not going to help people who aren't engaged enough with your product. It's, like, it's not good enough that they spent the money on a PS5 and bought whatever XYZ game and are trying to contact you about this because they have an issue. It's like, that's not good enough for you to justify spending your time and money on them. It's well, like, you'll still get through, but they get priority because <laughs> they took the extra step to help them. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess I just see stuff like, you know, I mean, I know, like, my, like I have friends who have kids who play video games and are big fans of PlayStation and, like, you know, are good representatives of the brand. I'm doing air quotes now, but this is just Josh doing air quotes, mm-hmm. not the article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are good representations of the brand and are, 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 are good for PlayStation in an outward-facing sense by spreading word about it and, like, increasing, uh, you know, excitement, right? Like, mm-hmm. and they shouldn't get fucked because they don't have that much time to play with their... because they have kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, their enthusiasm and their dollar is there. It's just that they don't have as high engage like they're not going to get as many digital collectibles because they don't have the time to play. It doesn't even actually necessarily mean that they spend less money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the irony here: is that like, how is this a good way to gauge? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like I don't know, but I think they just don't like people. You know? <laughs> I find the whole thing. It, it's like I find that whole aspect, you know, incredibly. I mean, to me, unethical. Like it's, it's just kind of wrong, but. The service itself is like, I mean, it's kind of cool to just like, I'm all for like a free digital collectible service for people who want it. Sure. You know? Like, I mean, they're not forcing anything on you. It's completely optional. It's like, why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's kind of, it's the same as like, as if trophies had an opt in. Yeah. You know, people, like, people do like their trophies. I know lots of, <laughs> I know lots of otherwise really good people who like trophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, tons of people are, they used to call them trophy whores. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's a thing. Some people chase trophies. For you sure. Know? Like, this is, this is just, just, I don't, it's, it's a fun metagame when, like, I had a buddy at work who used to, he was trying to outpace someone else who also worked there in their trophy. They were constantly warring sure. with each other. For sure. It's, it's, you know, it's fun, like, around the cooler shit, I guess. Absolutely. You know? So I'm all for it. It's just this customer support part that's like, why would you, why? I don't know. I don't care, honestly. Personally, yeah, fair I enough. really don't. Fair enough. Like, I mean, if they're straight up just not giving service to, Mm-hmm. normal people mm-hmm. that sucks but <laughs> besides that I really don't care I mean like whatever yeah it's too bad fair enough yeah and what's the priority like 
even before this, like you ever try and get through this? I, I've, I once or twice, yeah. I've heard of, I've heard people do it. I was in a party with somebody on the phone with PlayStation really once, and like he was on there for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the guy was pretty cool. I have to say. You mean the the person helping? Right. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was uh, a lot of them are. Yeah. Can't remember what the deal was. It might have had something to do with PS4 to PS5, some game we were mm. playing, and like. I have no idea, but that's the only time, but I, I'm pretty sure my buddy's the type of guy that like would stay on hold for an hour and a half right. to get through. Right. I don't know if it actually but that's, took that that's long. the reality of a lot of like, like shit these days. I mean, oh, I think it was GTA maybe with some issue about like, I don't even remember. Fuck. Either way. I had a problem with Communito, not a problem. I had some like very relevant questions to my billing cycle, right? Mm. With Communito that I just recently signed up for. And I called them four days in a row and was on the phone for like, I was on hold for an hour and a half each time and they just just hang up eventually. Mm -hmm. It seemed impossible to reach them. I finally, on like a seventh time that I tried, because I had some new questions, like I'd already forgotten about the old questions, I was just like, fuck it, you know? Mm -hmm. And had new questions and was like, okay, let me try one more time. I finally got through to someone. But it's like, I literally was on hold for an hour and a half and then just got hung up on every fucking time. It's so incredibly bad these days, like mm-hmm. the whole customer support thing. It's like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And it's like it's it's really insulting how little these companies are willing to pay to pay people to like help fix your problems with their products. Mm. Same with like I had an even worse experience with the fucking bank. Like it was just a it was a fucking mess. Mm. Like one time I was on the phone for literally 3 hours, then I hung up. And we're talking about it was really important like my bank right. my bank card was compromised because of like it got credit card frauded or it got bank card frauded in the US. Right. Like a big deal, you yeah. know? Like and it's impossible and it's like, you know, the richest bank in Canada, you can't fucking afford to pay more people to like actually give me support. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just a little like anyways. But that's a different issue. Is it though? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's really not. <laughs> but anyways. Maybe if you did a survey for the bank, you wouldn't have had to wait so long. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe anyways, we'll see. Programs. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, it sounds like a perfectly good program. Mm-hmm. That aside. Yeah. Moving on to number six. Kona 2 Broom announcement trailer released. Uh, this is just a little random. Uh, I've never heard about this game. It appears to be a Canadian-based studio. I believe it's Montreal-based, although I didn't get that far into it. I assume also because the game takes place in Nord Quebec, and I'm like, okay, well, that must be. That's almost certainly Montreal guys doing this game. Well, they could be from Quebec City. They could be from Quebec City, totally. Um, but um, this is an interesting-looking survival game that I just never saw before. I thought it looked surprisingly polished, the trailer. It's very reminiscent of The Long Dark, if anyone's familiar with that game, uh, which I do think looks... It's not my cup of tea, but I watched my girlfriend play most of it, and it seems like a pretty... pretty Like, Long Dark was a pretty cool game. Uh, And this just looks pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, this this came at me out of nowhere. I was a little impressed. What did you think? Not much, honestly. Not much? It looks kind of neat. I mean, if it's Quebec and survival cool you know? yeah uh, it's a good not? setting it's like a, you know it's yeah, the, the, the winter setting it's yeah. like totally yeah, yeah, yeah. totally works for survival stuff the trailer looks cool yeah it looks the, cool the narration <laughs> yeah the, I mean we can't not say anything about that yeah know? you're right yeah that the narration was, was a little rough a little on the rough side you know I was about to say that narration was clearly just for the trailer but then I think a little thing dinged in my head as I'm thinking that that I think I actually read somewhere that a narrator narrates the player like, rather than your character talking, a narrator narrates the thoughts. So I'm like, oh, maybe that actually is in the game. Mm. And I gotta be honest, yeah, poor narration will really destroy a product. Maybe it's one of the three guys making it, right? No, that was Scald. No, <laughs> <laughs> Although this looks like it's about three guys making it, too. No, no. Um, but, 
yeah, narr narration handled badly is is a big problem. Mm. Um, and it, you know, games like Hades, well, pretty much everything that's come out of Supergiant Games, Hades, Transistor, Bastion, they all have like incredible, impeccable top-notch narration mm. that really, really elevates the game to like a much higher level than it was before, kind of thing. Right. So yeah, poor narration is a problem. But the idea of like this whole survival and you're like a PI, I think, investigating some sort of I'm assuming disappearance or something, um, and the idea that you just get like dumped in the woods. And you need to now worry about like food, shelter. Um, there's also a little bit of combat in the game. Like there's fighting wolves. Your character has a gun. How much he uses it, I have no idea. But just the fact that that's there, I find kind of fascinating. Yep. And it's just a really cool setting for that kind of thing. Like exploring like a wilderness that's really hostile. I don't know. I, I, it looked a little interesting to me. Yeah, I'm that's, curious. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah. yeah. I looked up the other game too. Kona. Kona. No. Uh, yeah, Kona One. Um, all I, uh, I can say that. You know, it was also well-received. 2017, it had like a 71 on Metacritic, I think 22 uh, out of 22 critic reviews, which is not something to sneeze at. So yeah. maybe there's something there. Hey. Moving on to number seven, uh, which is this Mean of the Hollower preview that came out on IGN. Um, there's very little known about this game uh, that's out yet. Mean of the Hollower, this is the new game by Yacht Club Games, which is the makers of Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight, probably everyone who listens to this and, and or knows me knows, is uh, one of my favorite indie games. It was phenomenal. It looks like maybe inspired by Mickey Mouse, perhaps. A little <laughs> bit. Um, Are you just saying that because the main character looks like a mouse? Yeah, it's your type of game, that's for sure. It's definitely my type of game. So Mean of the Hollower, for people who don't know, is, uh, like I said, Yacht, Club's, Yacht Club Games' next game. Um, but looks kind of like Legend of Zelda... They describe it as Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color era. I think that's correct. It looks a lot like the color palette looks a lot like the, this is a deep cut, but the Zelda Link's Awakening DX version, which was the Game Boy Color version of it that added in, <laughs> Deke's just shaking his head, <laughs> that added in color into that game. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's taking a Game Boy Color sort of palette and it looks kind of a lot like Legend of Zelda from the top-down action. But I mean, you know, this is what Yacht Club Games does. They do throwback NES games. Uh, I think it looks like an amazing throwback NES game. I think it looks sufficiently different from Shovel Knight that it's you know, it's got it's, it's like a, it's not a retro. They're not just doing the same thing again. No, not at which all. Is great. Um, and honestly, I I don't have much more to say about this other than the pedigree and the respect that these guys earned from me from from Shovel Knight. It's just so high that like I have full belief and faith in anything they create after. Like I I want to see anything they make. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Shovel Knight is, from my perspective, has some of the best level design I've ever seen. Like, I mean, in, especially in that particular type of game, it exemplifies all the good things about those games, like Mega Man, and um, I mean, because Shovel Knight has elements of of Mega Man, of Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link, of Zelda One, a lot of Mario Threes in there also. Mm. It takes all the best elements of these things, all the things that it's like Yacht Club Games understands what made these games good. And they they bring they bring that to new stuff and like that's what's cool about them you know but um, and man it's like every time like sometimes the nephews come over and like they 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 fucking love Shovel Knight and they I mean there's tons of games on my system but like they always come back to the same three kind of thing right Shovel Knight's one of them and like every time I either watch them play or sometimes they like pass me the controller because they have like a hard boss or something and I go back to it I'm just like man it's just like the gameplay in Shovel Knight is just so fucking crisp and like it feels so perfect is and it crunchy. 
<laughs> it doesn't have crunchy tactical color. It's no, it's pretty crunchy. It's pretty right. crunchy. Yeah, right. that's good. Uh, no, I feel like crisp is really yeah. The no. word for shovel is crisp. The word for tactical combat is crunchy. Okay. You want crunchy tactical combat? And you want crisp gameplay? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like I like it crispy and crunchy. Here. In the adjective stew, <laughs> um, nobody likes soggy. Nobody likes soggy. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, it's a it's a really cool preview. Uh, it's an exclusive preview with IGN. Go check it out if you're interested. They talk a lot about the gameplay they use in the game, the sort of burrowing mechanics with Mina. It's like she doesn't jump, she burrows. That's kind of interesting. And like, there's a lot of discussion about you know you can fully evade, you can invade in combat encounters by burrowing. And like, so if you don't like to fight or don't want to fight, there's other options for traversal, which is fascinating. Um, they have a neat mechanic where like, there's a Dark Soulsy kind of thing where if you because you have points in this game and you level up. If an enemy kills you, this, they actually copied this from Bloodborne, uh, to be fair, is the specific implementation. In Bloodborne, yeah, when you die close to an enemy, the enemy would take your soul. Hmm. His eyes would start, so when you respawn, his eyes would glow and he has your soul inside. So you have to kill that enemy to get your souls back, which is kind of really neat. Hollow Knight did the same thing. So Mina the Hollower has the same mechanic. Right. Um, that's very, very, very good mechanic. Um, another thing that's kind of interesting about it is it has a cool kind of risk-reward system attached to fighting, where it's like, if you're not at full health, you're building up some sort of meter by hitting enemies that can let you quaff a flask to, like, regen. Okay. So the neat mechanic there is the idea that if you're in trouble, the game is trying to encourage you to... You have to you have to go do something to earn the way to get out of your trouble. Right. So by attacking enemies more, you can get your health back. It's kind of like it's a little bit similar to the recovery system in Bloodborne, where okay, you know when you take damage, if you hit the same enemy within a really quick time pe- time period, you just get the health back. Okay. So it like encourages fast fast sort of frenetic gameplay kind of thing, or encourages you to be aggressive. Right. 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 Um. So you know they go into the mechanics. It all sounds good. I don't need to be sold on uh, on. Hollow Knight. Yeah, yeah. Hollow Knight. I, Mina. I, I don't Hollow need to be Knight, sold Mina. on Mina the Hollower because I love Yacht Club, but if you do want to be sold, it's a great preview if you want to check it out, and uh, I cannot wait for this game to come out. I believe but it. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number eight, it's all you, Teague. Korean indie game Project Grey looks ambitious in alpha gameplay reveal. Yeah, I just randomly saw this, and pff, it looked interesting as hell to me. I have very low expectations. Just the fact that it was a single... Single person studio, Korea, I believe. Uh, yeah. Third person. They're they're indie. Right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> a funny as hell name. I mean, it's like, hilarious. It's like it's I N dash D. I think. I can't. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Anyways, just thought it was interesting. Really don't know too much about it, other than there's a 16 minute video. Yep. A bunch of gameplay. And, yeah, 16 uh, minute video. He's shopping around trying to like sort of uh, raise interest about the game because mm-hmm. he wants to, I believe, grow beyond the just himself. Right. Right. But, um, yeah, that's it. Again, it's worth checking out. I mean, one thing that I found kind of odd about this, and I can't tell if it actually, like, if I should be actually reading into this or not, but it seems like this game was only talked about on weird websites that I don't know, or Mm. frequent. Yeah. Right? Like, one article I got here, Korean Indie Game Project Grey looks ambitious in alpha gameplay reveal. It's from xputer.com. Another one I got... Impressive one-man open-world action game gets demo. That's off GamesPressure.com. GamesPressure is known, but like they're not a big one. Oh, and I don't ever expect this to come to console. I just it like looks a hundred percent like Horizon Zero Dawn. It yeah, has to come no, to console. no, no. There's been so many amazing games that I've seen that are PC only. Really? Yeah, yeah. The great majority of games that I'm like I've gotten stoked for, thinking like they're gonna come. Then I find out, like, oh yeah, no, that's not fucking happening. No, that's like, how I um, feel about Scald Black Priority too. Yeah. Uh, what there was um. 
uh, something Oasis? I'm gonna find. I think you've told me about this. It looked mental, anyways, and I was uh, super excited. And then I found out, like, yeah, no, it's not coming. Like, Mm. uh, and I don't think there's any plans on it. But that happens with most super amazing games that I randomly stumble across. Uh, Totally. This land is our land as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Super. That looks really cool. I'd love to play it. I don't know. I just kind of. I, I don't expect this to ever come. My perspective on these things is always like. You're right, but also the way that it will come is by garnering attention. So mm. if we can help at all to get it get attention, then yeah, it's like yeah. that only increases the chances. Yeah. By an infinitesimal amount, but it's increasing nonetheless, right? Fair enough. Because it seems to be always, you know, it's really just a question of success level. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not things come to console, it's just does it do well enough, yes or no. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I mean, that's clearly what happened with Loop Hero, which was fucking dope, and that like everyone was raving about it was one of like the highest selling indie games that had come out in like ages. And yeah, there was no console plans at all to begin with. And sure enough, you know, like after several weeks of like intense success, now it's featured in like a PlayStation State of Play and it's going right. to come to console, right? So well, it's kind of like Hunt too was con- uh, was uh, PC first. Yeah, um, true, true. Like, I mean, although at least Hunt has a big uh, publisher behind it. Yeah, but that. I think it was PC right. for like a year or two. First. You're right. Um, no, you're right. Like lots of stuff, Rust. Uh, yeah, just came out uh, yeah. eight years later on yeah. uh, console. Like lots of stuff is so. If it comes, great. If not, oh well. I mean, yeah, to come back to your question, I can't see in the articles. I don't think it says the actual name of the guy. It just says Korean Studio Indie. Mm-hmm. I-N-D. Yeah. Uh, very cute play on words. It's open world action adventure game, RPG elements. It looks a lot like Horizon Zero. It, it's clearly, it's like 90% Horizon Zero Dawn DNA. Traversal, the fact that you climb things... And they've got kind of like a, you know, tribal sort of like motif going on, right? Yeah, like totally. bows and arrows, like that kind of skin, wearing skins, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, same in this game, right? Character's a bow. He's also got this funky arm that has like alien shit on it. Right. But yeah, it's basically, I mean, let's just read the... He's got the war club there. That's super nice. He looks He's got the war the club. Cell, like, yeah, he does. He does. It's, yeah, this is clearly what, what, what he was, what the developer's going for. Little quote describing the official game's story. Project Grey is an open-world action-adventure game. The story begins with the appearance of an advanced alien civilization called Grey on the planet Asirma. The player takes on the role of a native who, thanks to the friendly help of the newcomers, gains special abilities, but after discovering their true intentions, makes an attempt to repel them. Mm -hmm. Amazing premise for a game. Um, And you kind of have to see it to believe it. Just go check out the demo. Just just search Project Grey, you know, 16, like, Project Grey trailer. You'll find this 16-minute trailer thing. You kind of have to see it to believe it. Yeah, um, it looks it's, really good. It's I mean, fucking nuts. This is one guy. Looks like a movie I would watch. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. And like we were, we were just saying before, you know, it's almost. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like it's just shaky enough that it's maybe believable that this guy actually did this because mm. it's so impressive. And the reason why I'm having trouble believing it is because you just gotta, you gotta see the video. It's so insane the footage. Yeah. Like it looks fucking nuts like it looks exactly like you could believe that this was you know that this was the early work of the Horizon Zero Dawn team for example right like if, if you were showed a demo of that a long time ago you'd be like oh yeah that looks like something a AAA studio would be yeah totally. that's currently in alpha or whatever you know what I mean like mm-hmm. um, it's really neat yeah and it's like it's got these alien ships weird aliens and he's like he has to like kill the aliens and then like attach to the ship, climb on this like piece that comes out, climb into the vessel itself. Like mini puzzle sort of thing. Mini puzzles. Go inside the innards of the ship. Eventually come out the other side. Like it just looks kind of gorgeous and like There's some gliding too. I didn't. I think I didn't catch that, but I, I, I might be sort of scrolled through the whole. Um, I, I, you could totally be right. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, it's got varied stuff. Like, it's got varied traversal mechanics. Like, it's got, an, you know, sort of like a grapple hook ability kind mm-hmm. of thing. 
he clearly has some sort of like powers. Mm. Um, I think that, I feel like the while it does seem you know heavily inspired by Horizon Zero Dawn, almost to the point of being like borderline like eh, is that the same game? At the same time, like I feel like the aliens look kind of different. Um, oh. They look pretty neat, and like their art design is kind of interesting. For sure, they're not just the dinosaurs of Horizon Zero Dawn, you know. Um, so I don't know. Check it out. I mean, it's definitely it's crazy stuff. Yeah, um, I couldn't believe when you when you showed me this, and I was like, I haven't heard of this, and this is how polished this looks. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much all we got for this week. Mm. I mean, listen, I'll give a really quick shout out. I didn't really put this on the proper news list, but Signalis is a game that I'm fucking stoked for. Um, it's totally my kind of game. It's like a top-down horror, like sci-fi with like supernatural occult elements. Looks like looks weird. It looks weird, and you know, I think I don't know if you saw this in the because we have covered this before, and you might have glossed over this because it's really I think it's not your cup of tea. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one thing I thought was neat in the game, it looks kind of like old Resident Evil or Alone in the Dark sort of early gameplay, where it's like you have a character walking around on the screen, you need to point the gun and like shoot the enemies. So it's got a little bit of sort of combat in it. Yeah. Not really why I'm interested in the game. It's much more for the just mood and like environment exploring the space station. Because they also have some really cool shit where like the character might go from a transition area and like suddenly it goes to like a first person view of them going through a really long dark tunnel and then it goes back to 2D top down when they get to the place mm-hmm. or like it's got like it, pl- it looks like it plays with like camera perspective and stuff right. like that right. and plays with the way it displays the world which I always find just like super fascinating when people are willing to experiment with that kind of stuff um, and again it's like a, it's like a sorry it's not a solo man project um, it's by this company called Rose Engine which is a duo um, mm. that I I mean maybe is husband and wife I don't know it's a it's a it's a man and a female we got Yuri Stern and Barbara Whitman it says two illustrators and game designers currently residing in Hamburg Germany it says they've been making analog and digital games since 2014 it's got the king and yellow references in it I mean people who know me know I love True Detective season one also freaking out man can't fucking wait yeah it looks uh, looks real good so you will be hearing uh, my thoughts on that next time I think yeah but um sure you'll beat it Probably, yeah, yeah. Although I hope it's—I mean, I, I hope it's a meaty package because it looks like something I could really sink my teeth into, you know. Mm. Like it's got that awesome mood and like, yeah, games like this. I just—I don't know. Like just the shot of the cockpit. It's like you. It, this is how I was saying. You know, it plays with perspective sometimes mm-hmm. too. Like it's not always in its sort of funky top down, right. but then it fucks with that sometimes too, which is just. Oh, that's cool. And like looking at the person, like selecting stuff in the inventory just the way the fucking inventory looks like mm-hmm. it's it's so spe- i don't know special looking you right. know? but um anyways can't wait for that that's kind of all i got for you i don't know fair enough you got any closing comments teague no <laughs> <laughs> okay well uh i guess that's it for now hope you all enjoyed the show and um have a good one we'll see you next time indeed bye for now <laughs>